And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Mark Larson, thank you, and Southern California, welcome to Rod and Real Radio. If this evening you are celebrating Easter, we want to wish you a peaceful Easter celebration. For those of our friends that might be celebrating Passover, again, may this be a peaceful season for you. And for those of you that don't celebrate either, let this mark the beginning of spring and also the beginning of what we hope is going to be a tremendous fishing season. Hey, again, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. and We've got a great show planned for you tonight. We're going to have with us... Uh, uh, later on the show, uh, Pete Graves, and Pete Graves is the director of the Brian Graves uh, Scholarship Fund and also of the Pete Graves, uh, the Brian Graves Memorial Bass Fishing Tournament. He's going to be with us later on. Also, later on tonight, we're going to have Bass Pro Professional Roland Martin, and we're going to be talking with Roland Martin. But before we get the show going, let me introduce to you my co-host, she is the sales manager for Iserline and a rep for many of the fine line of products throughout the fishing industry. Also, she's a pretty darn good fisherman and hunter in her own right, Wendy Toshara. Wendy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great tonight, John. I was going to go fishing today, but it was a little windy, so I decided to stay home. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you can join us because we're going to need your expertise later on in the show. I uh, had a chance to talk with Roland Martin a little bit earlier before the show, and obviously he's excited about all the fishing that he's doing because he's got all kinds of great things. But one of the things he's doing, he's going on a hunt, and he's looking to get his Grand Slam in turkeys. And I'm not exactly sure of the technology uh, 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 or the terminology that he was using, so I think your expertise is going to come into play tonight. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that sounds great. Yeah, Roland, I like will, Roland. Roland will be with us a little after 6 o'clock tonight. But, Wendy, I, I want to start off because you and I had the opportunity to go to a really exciting event here over this past week. It was the celebration of the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing down here in San Diego. And I, I, I know you agree with me. It was a pretty grand affair. It was a grand affair, right? 
right on the red rooster down at H&M Landing, and uh, the who's who were there. They had a great spread of food and, and great speakers, and and I, I, it was nice to see everyone. I hadn't seen Ed Zorowski in a long time, and so it was nice to see Ed, and, and it was great to hear the, the, the new news. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, if you were not familiar with the uh, celebration of H&M's 80th anniversary, you want to check out Ed Zorowski's column in this last Saturday's San Diego Union because, boy, he outlined it pretty good. He had all the names. Wendy and I are going to talk about it a little bit tonight, but uh, uh, it was great hearing the history of 80 years of sports fishing out of H&M Landing out of San Diego here, Wendy. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and you know, from what Merritt was telling me, they not only uh, were in San Diego, but they actually were up uh, up north a little ways. I don't know if it was Ventura, Oxnard, or Santa Barbara, but they were up there, too, wow. in the early years. Well, you know, for a lot of people that aren't familiar about the history of H&M Landing, uh, you know, back in 1935, San Diego was not necessarily the, the center of fishing on the West Coast or anywhere, for that matter. San Diego was a military town, and there were a group of individuals that ran water taxis. And what they would do, even in 1935, they were ferrying sailors and seamen and soldiers back and forth, not only to the boats, but over to Point Loma or over to uh, Coronado Island, and they were uh, located at the foot of Broadway Pier. And in 1935... Uh, a couple of the fellows from uh, H&M Landing, uh, 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 Bill and Troy Haas and, and Roy Miller Sr., they brought on a fishing vessel, and that was the mascot. And they decided on April 6th in 1935, 35 guys got on the boat and went out to the Coronado Islands and went on a yellowtail trip. And according to all reports, they picked up 135 yellowtail on that first trip. And from there, they just kind of never looked back. Wendy, could you imagine the conditions in 1935? You know, I couldn't, and I, I, I cannot imagine the gear that they used. I mean, was it just cane poles and, and line and hooks? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's it seems like they mattered. You know, we had all kinds of people there that were talking about the early days of fishing. And some of the fellows were even talking about the days when the yellowtail actually came into San Diego Bay. And, and, and that's got to be a crazy, because we're talking about days where there was no sonar, there was no GPS. These, uh, these men that skippered these boats would go out on dead reckoning, and they... they uh, what's even more amazing is some of the early pioneers that started some of the long-range boats, and they went out, uh, you know, all the way down to San Martin and Cabo San Lucas and all the islands that we know today off the coast of Baja, and they went down there on dead reckoning. You know, that is just amazing, and, and it amazes me um, back then, but now with the technology today, you know, our our forefathers are, I, I'm, I'm sure, are just amazed. Uh, you know, I, I remember hearing stories that uh, some of the skippers, they had uh, flags on the uh, mainland that were uh, 
uh, on the coast and that they would triangulate the flags to try and find po uh, posts and everything like that that they could fish from. When uh, uh, we were at the uh, show, we did a few interviews, and I remember doing one with Frank Lepresti, and uh, we'll be airing that on April the 19th when the Ron Real radio staff is that day at the docks. There was a lot of times that the guys would actually miss the places they were going to. They, they, they'd miss the, the Haleos Rocks or, or something like that because, you know, they were going on dead reckoning, and, and it just didn't work <laughs> that time. <laughs> you know, the, when I started fishing, when I started fishing bass tournaments, we had flashers. You know, and that was, you know, the earliest when I started fishing. And this is before the flashers. I couldn't imagine I would be lost. Yeah, the uh, the Lawrence little green box, and that's obviously what made the Lawrence popular. But, uh, yeah, what what they had, uh, I know when I started fishing in the, the mid-50s with my dad, they had like a, a, a beeper that was off the point of point Loma. And what it would do is it would send out this beep signal like every you know 60 seconds or whatever it is and the uh, the skippers would get on some type of apparatus and they would try to hone in on that beeper and the weaker the beeper uh beeping sound was would mean that they were off the signal and the stronger it was it means that they were on the direction that the signal was coming from and a lot of the fellas that's how they found their way back into san diego by following that beeping sound <laughs> you know, and it is amazing the way things start. You know, there, there's been management in the past of H&M Landing, but the manager that was currently uh, fishing uh, or managing H&M that was turning over the reins out to uh, a new uh, managing partner, uh, Paul Lowbred, he came into H&M uh, uh, Landing on a sailboat sailing down the coast from Alaska, and he had no intention of doing anything with sports fishing or not. He came into San Diego Bay, and he was wanting to just sail a sailboat all over the, the world. He didn't have a place to dock his boat, so he finally docked it at H&M Landing. And the folks at H&M Landing were just a little bit hesitant to, make, to let a sailboat dock at H&M Landing, but they got to New Paul, knew that he was a good guy, and he actually turned out to be pretty much of a handyman. And from being just a regular handyman at H.M. Landing starting in 1979, he became the dock superintendent, the general manager, and then at, at a later point brought shares into an uh, uh, in H&M Landing, and he became the general manager of H&M Landing up until just this month and, and took H&M Landing from where it was to, to where it is today. And, and these are just you know great stories of, of you know the path some guys take or people take that they, you just don't know where it's going to take them. You know, and that's one thing that's great about the fishing industry. Whether you're working on a boat as a pinhead and then a deckhand and then a captain, you work your way up and you earn your position in the industry. And it's still way back when it was like that, and it's still like that today, which is great. Well, yeah, uh, Ralph Miller, Miller Jr who was one of the partners that took over in 1946, he started as a deckhand and worked his way up. And the money that he uh, earned from being a deckhand, it allowed him to go to law school, become a lawyer, and then he became part of H&M uh, Landing. And, 
And, you know, with the early story I told you about with the Haas brothers and with um, Ralph Miller, that's how H&M Landing got its name. Originally located uh, at, uh, uh, at the Broadway Pier and then in uh, 1951 moved over to where it is, where a lot of people know, used to call Commercial Basin. Well, Wendy, one of the things we learned, too, is that there's going to be new management there at H&M Landing. And you want to tell us about, about that story and that individual? Well, you know, this is someone who's been in the industry for a very long time. Merritt knows him very well. And uh, he owns a couple of boats. He owns the Constitution and the Coral Ranger C. 85. Yeah. The Coral Sea. Yeah. And, he, you know, he has a great crew, and uh, Frank, your city, is the new managing partner. So not only is he a boat owner over there, too, but he is going to be the new managing partner. And I've got to tell you, the the enthusiasm with just going over there at H&M Landing with the new management and this upcoming season and everything else like that, the boats are, are selling out way earlier than they normally do. Uh, it It's just a, a time of excitement around there. Oh, it is. I mean, shoot, with all the fish that are still here and then the bluefin that just came in, they're going to have an exceptional year again. And for, for those listeners who have not chartered their trips yet this season, I'd hop on the phone, get on the Internet, and start booking your trips because they are filling up fast. Right. You know, and uh, obviously there were some remembrances of some of the individuals that lost their lives in, uh, you know, the sports fishing industry, uh, some of the uh, renowned uh, skippers like uh, Gary Lamont and everything like that, uh, that lost his boat on the fishing fool off of uh, San Martin. But these are just things that that made this group of individuals and skippers that were running out of H&M just bond together and and just be a stronger group and now be with an unfortunate incident we have we have a great group of of uh, fishermen that are supporting and taking young people out with the friends of Rolla yeah that's such a great great organization friends of Rollo and they they've taken out do you do you even know the number of how many kids they've taken out it was Frank was telling me that uh, they had a a celebration about a month or so ago at the dock and they were celebrating their 100,000 kid going out on the Friends of Rolla program. Can, can you just imagine that? How that is helping plant the seeds for fishermen in the future to come on out here and take advantage of the sport that we all love? And that's what we need, and it's great, and I love supporting them. Uh, yeah, you better better believe it. And I yeah I know uh, Iserline has supported them a lot in the past. Have they not, uh, Wendy? Oh oh yes, we've we've supported them every year with the knot tying contest at the Fred Hall shows. All the proceeds go to Friends of Rollo, and then the owner of Iserline also matches that. So wow. um, yeah, and then and then this the last couple of years they've asked us you know for a lot of products, and so we've given them products so they could give it away at all the events, like even like the one that's coming up um, at Day at the Dock. Wow, that is true. That's April the 19th. And if you haven't made plans to come on down to the sports fishing landings off of Scott Street there 
H&M Landing, Point Loma Sports Fishing, and uh, Fisherman's Landing, and Lee Palm Sports Fishing. It's going to be the time. Uh, uh, you're going to have the time of your life, and you're going to see a lot of happy people there, including John and Wendy with the, the way the fishing uh, uh, season seems to be shaping up. Oh, yes. I'm, gonna, I'm so excited for this event, and I'm excited to see, hopefully, I don't know, Chuck's going to go out there and go catch some fish and bring it back for the for day at the dock? Yeah, he's uh, planning a trip to try and go out and get the first albacore of the season. And the trip uh, will be back on uh, April the 19th. So if you want to find out more about that trip, just give H&M Landing a call. And book board uh, with uh, Chuck Taff. I think he'll be taking the legend out on that trip. I'm not sure if it's the legend or the sea adventure, too. Hey, Wendy, we got to take a break right now. And we're going to be hearing in a little bit here from Phil Friedman. And I think he's got some exciting news for us on just what's happening offshore and the reason why everyone's getting excitement excited hey you've got wendy toshahar i'm hop along john cassidy you're listening to us on rod real radio on am 540 or at rod com. we'll be right back after these messages You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. We want to remind you, if you are 
planning to make a visit to the Hawaiian Islands, either the Big Island or Oahu, and you're interested in a sports fishing trip, give Captain Mick a call. And for the best in Hawaiian seafood and albacore and smoked fish, it's Diamond Head Tuna. You can uh, find out more about the products from Diamond Head Tuna by just going to diamondheadtuna.com or give Captain Mick Diamond at Champ Sports Fishing a call, 760-500-7094. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. We want to let you know that this segment of Rod Real Radio is brought to you by the Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealer or go to balloonfisherking.com. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. At Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Thank you for being with us on this Easter Sunday evening. You know, we have been tempting you with some of the uh, choice comments like the fishing isn't going to, uh, is extremely good right now. Who knows if it's going to be getting better. You know, we've been very generalized, but now it's time to hear from the voice and from the host of uh, PFO Radio. It's time for what the heck is Phil thinking to give us some specifics on what's happening out there. And, Phil, a happy Easter to you, and good evening. John, my friend, happy Easter to you and Wendy, and, of course, to all the listeners I hope they are having, and you are having just a wonderful day with family and friends. That was a good one, Phil, and I hope the same with you, too. But, you know, it's hard to think about this was a hard weekend because, there were boats going out. There was fish to be caught out there. There was a lot of fish that were caught last week. There were some really, uh, you know, spectacular catches out there. It, it it was hard to go, yeah, we want to spend time with the family, but, boy, this is the time to go fishing. <laughs> I know I know exactly what you mean. I mean, there's been some Mother's Days where I've been in trouble with Mom years ago <laughs> going to San Diego and the yellows were biting down there and, there's been all kinds of things. I know exactly what you mean. And fishing has been so interesting with that bluefin tuna down around San Diego and uh, yellows at Clemente and great rock fishing in the Channel Islands. It really has been spectacular. Well, Phil, give us uh, some of the specifics you have because we can fill in a little bit with what we know, too, because uh, there's been some interesting developments over the, the past week. John, uh, it has been incredible. A couple of little ancillary uh, things I wanted to bring up, and one is a guy named Wayne Ball, who is really a nice gentleman, but he's also a really great surf fisherman. And about three weeks ago, I want to say, he says he was walking right down here in front of the house in Surfside, 
and he saw a shark come out of the water and cartwheel not too far offshore and hit the water. And he knows what he's looking at. I mean, he's been around for a while. So he said to himself, man, that looked like a Mako shark, but no, they're not, you know, there's no Makos in here. So he surmised maybe like a juvenile great white shark, which, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all. John, I was sitting at 4.30 this afternoon, and I was watching uh, a volleyball game. And I won't uh, tell you why, because I don't want to get in any trouble with my wife. But I was watching this volleyball game. Same thing. And I sat there for another half hour after uh, trying to see. And I can't tell you, I, I know it was not a dolphin. It looked to be some kind of a shark. Could have been a thresher shark. It was about 1,000 yards offshore, but it was pretty cool to see that. So Wayne is vindicated in my eyes. And also one other little thing, my kids were fishing Lake Irvine uh, a couple days ago, and Philip hooked a big bass. And if Philip were telling the story, John, I wouldn't believe it. I mean, that, that kid, he's like his father. He catches a two-pound yellowtail, and it <laughs> grows into a 40-pound mossback. But Patrick is always right on. And Patrick said, when that bass jumped out of the water, minimum 12 pounds. He said it was the most giant bass he's ever seen. And, of course, Philip, like his father, subsequently lost the fish. So I just thought I'd, I'd get into that with you, first of all. Let's talk San Diego Yellowtail. I know you've probably covered most of that, but it has been spectacular. I've been talking to Buzz Brizendine here recently. And Buzz says, you, you're never quite sure where they're going to show up. North Island in the middle there could be. The south into south could be down South Kelp Ridge or down on the rock pile, but you find them almost every day. A lot of bird schools, a lot of great fishing going on for private boaters. Trolling Xrapropolis has been a super good way to go, and then just keeping your eyes open. I mean, like starting at North Island and going south and looking for bird schools has been just a spectacular way to take these yellows, and they have been fighting so darn well down there. But as you well know, John, there's been some local bluefin even out there by the Nine Mile Bank and several other areas. Um, that also has looked pretty good. The Royal Polaris on a long-range trip, Roy Rose was on the boat today, and Roy decided, hey, I'm going to take a little check on this, and he caught 15 20- to 24-pound bluefin tuna here on his way down on Easter Sunday. So pretty doggone good, and especially for April, it simply doesn't get more exciting than that. San Clemente Island, the yellows out there continue to bite and bite very, very well. That bite has been excellent out there in that neck of the woods. Call it. 50 on average on the yellows out there and they're biting in a variety of different ways surface iron mostly yo-yo iron but also a lot of anglers are fishing the squid frozen squid although some live squid is starting to be made there's more and more tubes starting to show up which is a good sign but these guys have been tossing off frozen squid and as it sinks down the water column they'll catch a yellow on that 25 pound test with a 2-0 hook if it gets too deep well you end up with a nice big red as Clemente on that has also been Really, really good. Channel Islands, excellent rock fishing. Very windy up there today, and uh, that has uh, curtailed things a little bit. But I'll tell you, it has been absolutely great link cod fishing with the limit raised to three per rod and also just a ton of other beautiful rock fish. And, John, I need to go back. On last week's show, you and I recorded a segment at the Del Mar Fred Hall show where I said sport fishing for bluefin tuna is okay now. The guy from Pesca walked by the booth, the guy from uh, Northern Baja, and I said, hey, is it okay to catch bluefin in Mexican waters for the sport guys? And he said, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, no, are you sure about that? Because, you know, come on. So he he left and came back, and Dave Hansen was sitting with me, and he came back. Yeah, it's okay. That's only a commercial thing. Well, of course, 
after the interview uh, aired, he had so many phone calls about it that uh, which make, means your show is really popular, John. Uh, and then he called and he says, "Hey," they, and I said, "Well, get your story straight down there." So anyway, sport caught bluefin right now in Mexican waters off limits. I just wanted to clarify that one more time again. Yeah, I know uh, we had a situation where one of the three quarter day boats was fishing Elotel down in Mexican waters, and they hooked up with bluefin. And unfortunately, they had to release everyone. But it's a good sign. It means they're coming on up. And from all the indications, what we're hearing from the private boaters, because I hear one of the private boaters, they got 10 bluefin in U.S. waters they were able to keep. And some of these big bluefin that they're catching, we're going to have bluefin up here before we know it. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, conditions are perfect up here. And when you hear about this bluefin in Mexican waters, that's just, to me, an indication that it's coming this way. There's nothing to stop it. There's no cold water bands that are going to stop it. It's going to charge right up here. It's already in U.S. waters, and I think it's going to keep coming, and you're going to see it all over Cortez. And you are absolutely right, John. There is some fish over 100 pounds that some guys have been seeing. So you're really going to have to tackle up this year, as we have seen not only this 20 to 25-pound grade, bluefin tuna but some stuff definitely over 50 and there's been reports and uh, some catches of fish over 100 pounds so man i mean that is a dream come true talk <laughs> about a, a spectacular april buzz Briz and i told me i've never heard of such a thing so this spectacular current season that we're in the, the season that never ended just continues to amaze you know hey, uh, Phil? yeah go on twindy i have a huge tip Last year when we saw all these fish, everybody, they were just, you know, slammed and trying to get 25, 30, and 40-pound tests. If I were you, I would stock up now before all of the line companies run out of line. (laughs) That's a great tip, Wendy. Yeah, because uh, last year, not only did we we have a problem with 30 and 40-pound tests, but we also had a problem, and to this day we still have a problem, trying to get one-aught, two-aught, and three-aught uh, circle hooks and uh, uh, live bait ring hooks and everything else like that. So now's the time to start putting that stuff in the bank. No question about it, because we all know what kind of season we've got ahead. Sage <laughs> advice, Wendy, and, and John, you know better than anybody about tackle and how important it is. It, you know, um, it's really important what you do when you're on the boat and on the water, but so much of your success on any given trip takes place before you even leave the docks. Getting proper tackle, making sure that everything's working properly, brand new line if you have to, and just making sure all those basics are taken care of. You know, we have to thank the Everingham brothers down here in San Diego and in Mission Bay because they have been working hard to keep us baited and And that's really one of the reasons why San Diego is one of the premier destinations in not only the country and the world for sports fishing. It's because the availability of live bait that we have down here. And the last report that I got from Buck Everingham, which was during the the middle of last week, is that the bait receivers were stocked with sardines. And I don't know how long that's going to last, but... Right now, I think that's uh, indicative of why the fishing is so good. Those guys work their tails off to provide good bait down there. They have always done a great job. And you're so right about that. When you look around the world, it's the live bait here in San Diego that makes such a huge difference. When you look 
at the fishery combined with the fact that you have live bait. It, it really is spectacular. And you can look, I mean, I've been, you know, as I've said, to Fiji. I've been to the Great Barrier Reef. I've fished all of Mexico. Man, it is really hard to beat San Diego. The amount of fish and the crews down there are ever so professional and do such a great job where you can recommend a novice angler to go out. Uh, you send them out on one of the San Diego boats, and in most cases, they're going to have a really fun trip and probably catch their dream catch for the first time. Well, you know it's out there right now, Phil. We had a, a story that one of the skippers went out instead of the Tanner Bank. He went over to the Cortez Bank, and he just wanted to kind of poke his nose in there to see if there were any fish in there like there have been over at the uh, Tanner. They were they were catching some uh, bluefin. They're catching some yellow of uh, yellowtail over there. They went over to the Tanner. One of the fellas, you know, threw over a sardine on a 40-pound test line, and the next thing he knew, his rod was singing, and he never got a chance to take a crank on it. He could never turn that fish around. It was gone before he knew it. He was spooled. So, uh, oh my, there's some big guys out there. there. <laughs> yeah, you for better, sure. You better believe it. Well, how about in the uh, Channel Islands now? Uh, are they still seeing good rock fishing up there, uh, Phil? And are there any signs of yellowtail that you can see up there? John, you know, they've, they've got quite a bit of wind here today, but that's a very temporary situation. They have had and continue to have spectacular rock fishing. The Pacific Islander is doing fantastic up there, as well as many of the other boats. Will Ebersman is a good buddy of PFO, does a lot for kids in fishing, and he was just on the Pacific Dawn and had great fishing on Saturday up there. It is spectacular. The limit on links, once again, is three. And the customer service at Cisco's, I'll just pick them out because I fish out of there quite a bit, just really, really good. I mean, outstanding. Once again, kind of like paralleling what's going on in San Diego in terms of the kind of customer service you get. But the fishing, great. There has been reports of a little bit of halibut, sea bass, and yellowtail, but no huge bites on it. Those boys are checking that out on a regular basis. And if this squid situation continues to develop, if we start to get that market squid in there, John, that's going to be the magnet that gets that all happening. And I wouldn't be too doubtful that that's going to happen very soon because of the water temperatures being abnormally warm up there and things just seem to be primed up in that neck of the woods also. So that is a ticking little time bomb that we want to erupt and probably will be doing so very, very soon. You know, I don't want to take uh, any wind out of uh, Captain uh, James Nelson's uh, sails because we're going to be talking about this a little bit later on. But I know the half-day boats have been going on out, and they are beginning to catch some sand bass. And they're just not your everyday two- and three-pound sand bass. They're catching sand bass from five to seven pounds. And these are on the the half-day boats out here. So even... The half-day fishing is just heating up like like it's summertime. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're going to add uh, a yellowtail bite to those boys very, very soon, too. I mean, that yellow is going to get in there on that local scene uh, and start to bite. And I think you're going to see big numbers of yellowtail along with these great big grumpy sand bass, which are so much fun to catch. You know, John, did you ever think that the good old days would be right now in 2015? I didn't. I never thought it would be. You know what? This is some of the best fishing. If you are an angler, as my friend Sean Morgan says, and you're not fishing, just gather up all your tackle and throw it out the window. 
because it's not going to get much better until oh. probably next, and probably until probably next month. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Phil, if we uh, need to find out more about just exactly what's on your mind, the things that are happening with uh, uh, Phil Friedman Outdoors, or what's happening on any of the Mexican language shows, how's the best way to go about doing it? Hey, John, the best way is to go to PFO on Facebook or www.pfomedia.com. Or if you speak Spanish or know somebody who speaks Spanish, we're on the weekends every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, on AM 690 from 6 to 7 a.m. And you can also check Aventuras al Aire Libre out on Facebook or go to aventurasalarelibre.com on uh, the Internet. John, once again, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, you're a dear friend, and I wish you all the very best. Wendy, the very, very same. And I hope everybody continues to have a wonderful Easter today. Well, Phil, we enjoyed seeing you at the Fred Hall Show, and uh, look forward to seeing you a lot during this fishing season because I know you'll be coming on down here, and we just might be venturing up there. You just have a great Sunday, sir. Thank you, John. Take care, everybody. All right. Phil Friedman. From Phil Friedman Outdoors. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but coming up next, we're going to have the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report with Captain McDiamond and also our local inshore report with Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. So stay tuned. Still more Rod and Reel Radio to come. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. We want to thank you all for sharing some of your Sunday holiday evening with us. We hope you all a great holiday, whether it's Easter, Passover, or if you're just out there celebrating this glorious weather we're having in the first of spring. 
Hey, it's now time for the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report, and we have with us the owner and operator of Champ Sports Fishing, and Diamond Head Tuna would give us all the latest. Captain Mick Diamond. Aloha, Captain Mick. Aloha, aloha. And I'll uh, be having your tuna delivered a few days from now. Um, it's in it's in Southern California, and um, it, it came out pretty good. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, but we have a huge announcement today. I yeah. got retired after 41 years. Showed up at the dock at 74. Manny Silva, Eddie Deal. Yes. Eddie McEwen. And I'm going to retire, and I'm going to drive my Volkswagen van down the Baja Coast and just fish my way down to Central America. Um, but uh, um, fishing was slow this week in Oahu. Okay. We only had two, two ahi and a few ono and a few mai mai. Wow. Now, well, first of all, man, I, I don't know which way to go on this here. When are you planning on retiring, Captain Mick? Um, now, N-O-W. <laughs> now, you, you know, you fight the thing. You fight it for a few years or whatever, but I'm done fighting it. Um, we're done, okay? All right. And so, um, it's been a good run, 41 years. Um, I feel really blessed, and I want to thank um, Fisherman's Landing, H&M Landing, um, Seaforth, and Point Loma Sport Fishing because they enlightened my life. All right. Now, are you bring? Now, you uh, going to leave the boats there, and you're going to just uh, no no uh, more fishing. Well, I'm going to I'm going to give the boat to a good guy, right? So I'm going to give the boat to a good guy, and he'll. Um, he's young and got a lot of energy and just going to do the deal. So, okay. Um, pass it along. You know. All right. Now, I wish, I wish somebody gave me a boat. <laughs> <laughs> How about Diamond Head Tuna now? What's going to be happening with Diamond Head Tuna? Because it sounds like uh, you're still going to keep that going. Well, I went to, uh, no, no, I went to the Boston Seafood Show two weeks ago, and it's evident to me that the, um, uh, the small commercial fishermen's out of the game, so we're going to go out of the game. That's it. Oh, okay. It's not not an easy decision, but it is what wow. it is, man. Right. So you're right. gonna you're gonna plan to retire and uh, uh, take the Baja buggy and and head south and take advantage of some of that great fishing. Yeah, that we have down I'll, the check Baja in. I'll check in once in a while, and uh, I, I love you guys. And I mean, going to the studio with Eddie McCune and Big Tuna Bill was such a really good experience in my business um, career. And uh, thank you for that. Seeing you there, it's all good. Well, so. you know, uh, Captain Mick, I can't thank you for the uh, weeks that uh, you prepared Hawaiian Island fishing reports for us and uh, uh, giving us your best and, uh, you know, getting Diamond Head Tuna together. And I, I think after all the years with Champ Sports Fishing and, and the charter boat business and everything else, uh, you deserve to uh, take advantage of the fruits of your labor. All right. Love you guys. Aloha and mahalo. All right. We will, we will stay in contact with you, but... Hey, that's Captain Mick Diamond, formerly yeah. owner-operator of Champ Sport Fishing and Diamond Head Tuna. And it sounds like we were on top of Captain Mick's retirement notice. Captain Mick, 
Hey, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. All right. Wendy, nothing like live radio, huh? <laughs> yeah, nothing like live radio. <laughs> well, let's find out what this next guy is doing, because it's time for the California Insure Report with the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, are you about ready to give your boat to somebody? <laughs> uh, you know, um, it already belongs to somebody, so I'm trying to get it <laughs> at this point. Is the last name Bank? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But I'll tell you what. Uh, wow. You know, it's it's always it's always good calling in early and sitting and listening to a little bit of radio before I go on, so I'm not cold. I know what you guys are talking about. I get get to get a sense of the the heart of the room, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you know, wow. it, it's it's <laughs> nice to be on the cutting edge of what's happening and and to be completely in the know of everything that's happening. <laughs> oh, you know, anymore, John? I feel like I know nothing. The more oh. I learn, the less I know. <laughs> Well, I know you you were good enough. You were on vacation last week. You were at the Parker Strip. And just quickly, I know this is the Inshore Saltwater Report, but how was the fishing on the Parker Strip? Oh, the Parker Strip was great. You know, actually, that was I think that was last last week now. But, uh, yeah, this past week, boy, we've been all over the place between Point Loma and, and South Bay. But, uh, yeah, you know, the, my, my brain is still kind of, I have to admit, still kind of back on the Colorado River. Just, you know, looking back at every picture, the, both the ones I took on the camera phone and the ones I just took in my head, and just remembering every moment there, just, you know, waking up at 67 degrees at 4.30 in the morning and then topping out at 85, just nice. And uh, I, I love that dry weather. You know, my wife doesn't. That's why we live here. But, uh, you know, <laughs> here last week in San Diego, boy, it was uh it was hot and cold, hot one minute when the wind wasn't blowing, and downright cold when it was. So wow. Hey, it's it just, kind of different weather down here. Captain James, just one more note on the Parker Strip. I remember the times that I've been there. The fishing on the Parker Strip was about as close as you could get to referring to it as a wide-open bite. And uh, were you and your boys, were you uh, also privy to that type of fishing? Absolutely, John. You know, uh it's what's really neat is I like using it as a testing ground for trying out new things. You know, when I was trying out new things this this time, it, they didn't pan out as much as I would have liked. But once I went back to good old reliables, boy, it was just it, it was wide open as long as I just stuck with what the fish wanted to bite. Sure, uh, they were really into a crawdad pattern. They're they're still kind of pre-spawn in a lot of the river. I know up on the lake, guys were talking about the spawn being pulled board, but. Uh, in the river, it's a little chillier sometimes that water, especially they were flowing it big time this when yeah. we were there. And uh, when that water's rushing through at 62 degrees, it's a little little chilly yet. But um, but there were some some fish around the beds or at least protecting beds. Well, there were a lot more largemouth I found down the south end of the Parker Strip where they have the service dam yes. and the shallow uh, reedy waters. There was a lot of largemouth on beds already, but. For the most part, the smallmouth were packing up the protein, and anybody who's ever freshwater bass fish knows exactly what that means. When those those females, they start chewing every little protein morsel they can get, whether it's a small bluegill or crawdads, you know, uh, grass shrimp, anything they can get that's really going to stuff their bellies. 
So now you said the water temperature was 65 degrees. So that means the the smallies already spawned and then the the largemouth are are now going to spawn? Well, it it, it works somewhat a little bit different in in the river section, Wendy, and it was was more like 62 to 64 in, in most of the of the areas where the smallmouth like to be and where the water's right. rushing over the rock, it's going to be a little chillier. But uh, the way that, that Parker Strip works, there's a lot of cliff canyon type rock area. And then down near the service dam is where you're going to find a bunch of sandbars with tules in it. And if ah. you just poke at it at first glance, it just looks like nothing but carp. But back in the back, in a foot and a half of water, you'll find some really good largemouth. And I, I was really... Uh, I was really pleased by the last day. I spent more time down doing that, and I mean, you could flip, you could flip a bank of tulies for about I don't know, 25, 30 yards and nothing, and then all of a sudden you just come come across the hotel, and they're just they're in there like crazy. And you can get 20, 30 bass in one area, and anywhere from a pound and a half to four pounds. You have some really nice chunky largemouth down in there. Wow, how fun! They were they were eating the senko. You know, once I put away all the I call vanity lures, you know, the lures that you love to see fish eat. You know, you love love to have them eat top water, but they don't always want that. So once I went back to the jigs and the Senkos, the Senkos around the Tulis were just, I mean, that was golden. I mean, was it watermelon help black get bit. Yeah, it was wide open. And the, the jigs around the rocks and around where a lot of the smallmouth were still packing in the proteins, I mean, the jig bite was just awesome. Uh even fished a little bit of uh, some yabby. Oh, pulled out some old yabby craws that I had. No, can't <laughs> find those in the store anymore, but they're fun. But right, hey, but well, uh, yeah, you know, st- stuck around those kinds of baits and and had a good time. A little bit of spinnerbait action, which was fun. But you know, like you said, John, it's just you got to find what the fish want to eat, and you you get it to them. Well, great place to go camping. Great place to bring kids, especially to get them hooked on fishing because. Uh, uh, a lot of water to fish, and uh, it, it, it's just beautiful there, as you said, especially this time of the year. And they keep the river up high just for the spring break time there, so there's no incidents with uh, low water levels. Hey, let's get on to yeah. what's happening off our local coast here, and especially in the Bay. You know, when we came back from the Fred Hall Show, we started hearing stories of sand bass, big sand bass. That one fisherman came in that had a 7-2 off the jetty, Captain Jim, one of our favorite guys, he was off uh, the cable. He said he had a fish that went six pounds, another one that went five. So it seems like the big sand bass are starting to come back in the bay. Maybe they never left, but whatever it is, have you have you noticed a sand bass bite, or have you not been targeting them yet? You know, uh, we've been mixing it up. You know, each each of my guests want to do something different. You know, it's. When you drive a, a, a boat around with a big old leopard shark on the side, people uh, tend to want to do a little bit of that. So, <laughs> so we actually, uh, this week was was a mix of uh, searching for bay monsters, I call them, and in that category we got bat rays, the shovelnose shark, and the leopards. And we did pretty good. We caught, caught quite a few of, a, of, of the mix, you know, so we got a little bit of everything. And then, um, then I had some folks that wanted to catch bass. We Search more for the calicos, but I'll tell you that I think this full moon phase that we just went through, um, everybody that uh, got a chance to get out at night, I think, did better than some of us in the day for the calicos. We got a few little ones, but nothing of the of the real big quality, and I think that's going to change because we're noticing they're starting to get 
grouped up again, just like I was talking about with the bass and the freshwater, whereas you go for an area that you think you should be getting bit, and then all of a sudden you find them. And then once you find them, you can't help but catch them. So that, that's, that's the period that we're going through now. Even the bay bass, same thing, John. But the sand bass, surprisingly enough, we've been catching more this week in the bay, like you, we're talking about Jim. We're, talking, we're catching in the bay more than we were on the reefs just right. three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Three, four weeks ago, back at Fred Hall, we were catching them out on the pipes, out on the reefs, out on the ends of the jetties, the typical sand bass areas out off of the bay. But right now we're catching them in the bay, which is weird because it's usually the other way around. But, uh, yeah, we're catching some really good ones. We had a, a couple in the three- to four-pound range that we got in the bay this week. Uh, I had a guy yesterday. We did get one out of the pipe that was really good. He was about three and a half, four pounds. And, you know, of course, we let that guy go, so he's still down there. But we've been getting a lot of good, good, steady action for big sand bass right in the north part of San Diego Bay. It's been really fun. Hey, James. Earlier today we were talking about, earlier in the show, we were talking about way back in the day when the yellowtail used to come into San Diego Bay. Are you ready for that this year? <laughs> yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready for it. I- I'm even getting ready for the Wahoo. So, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, Captain Jade's I'm on uh, during the week. I had uh, a dad in with a couple of his kids, and he was talking about wanting to go fishing here and pick up lures. And we told them about uh, uh, your charter service and and the service that you offer, especially for families. And then I went over to the computer. And I went to your page on Facebook uh, on uh, James Nelson, and you had that day, you had a young man that had picked up a leopard shark that it looked like it was in excess of 60 inches long. You had it on the front deck of the boat. That One of the kids that was in the shop there, he came up and he looked at his, that picture and he looked at his dad and he goes, Dad, I want to get one of those because... <laughs> Man, there is nothing like maybe being visiting here from San Diego or whatever it is and catching a fish like that because truly, to some people, that that's a fish of a lifetime. You know, it, it is, and it, and that's one of the – I have to give credit to my customers for introducing me to them because, you know, I grew up fishing the bay. My brother and I, we'd catch one here and there, you know. We'd catch the shovelnose hand shark and every once in a while a leopard shark. And, but that wasn't really, you know, the game plan. And every once in a while we'd catch them. But uh, I really have to credit my customers on making me work to find out how to catch them more regularly. And it's just been years and years of learning and plotting points and studying up on these fish and learning more about them because they want to catch them. And if that's what they want, then that's what we're going to go get. And it's fun. Well, Captain James Nelson, the fishicon.com. If you've got some kids that are on the extended uh, holiday leave or friends coming into town or you just want to go out on a great fishing trip, either in San Diego Bay or immediate offshore area, Captain James, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, they could, of course, reach me at my website, thefishicon.com. You can go to rodandreelradio.com and, and see a little link there. Or give me a phone call, 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James, thanks a lot for being with us. We want to wish you and your family a really peaceful Easter holiday, and may the peace of this holiday be with you throughout the year. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, guys. Happy Easter to you all. All right. 
Hey, this is Wendy Toshar and Hop Along John Cassidy. We're on Ron Real Radio on AM540. Coming up next, professional angler and outdoorsman Roland Martin. So stay tuned. More Ron Real Radio to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, welcome back to our Rod Real Radio. If you're wondering where Stan is, he's spending some time with his family. And if you go to Rod Real Radio on Facebook, you'll see a picture of Stan with his new grandson, and he's spending Easter holiday with his grandson and family. So, Stan, that is time well spent. 
But you have Wendy Toshahara here this evening. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. And it's time to introduce to you our next guest. He is a professional angler. He's a professional outdoorsman. He is a lure designer, a lure manufacturer. He is a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to fishing and hunting. Good friend of Ron Real Radio from Florida, Roland Martin. Roland, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, John. How are you? Uh, we are doing well, and we've got Wendy Toshahara with us tonight, Roland. Oh, great. Well, you know, I borrowed her boat that time we went out to, to fish years ago. That was, a, that was a great deal. I know. Hey, Roland. How are you doing? Hey, Roland. I'm I, doing pretty good. I, you know, I know this is a fishing show, but every once in a while, my co-host, Wendy Toshahara, she's got to relate to us a story where she's gone out and she's gotten some wild boar, or she and Merritt have gone out and bagged their turkeys. And you were telling me an interesting story about coming along where you've got a special event coming up where you're really going for uh, it, it's it's a special mark when it comes to yeah, hunting for yeah, turkeys. And, and Wendy would know real well. I've, I've done the Grand Slam with turkeys for years, but uh, this is the Royal Slam I'm going after now down in Mexico. This, it's the uh, a Gould turkey, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try uh, try to take him with the bow to do the Grand Slam with the bow or the Royal Slam with the bow. But I've I've, I've killed a lot of turkeys. It, it's just a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> now. <laughs> Now, you know, uh, tell us just a little bit, because, you know, I've hunted turkeys with a shotgun, and I know Wendy has. What are what are some of the, the idiosyncrasies of hunting turkeys with a bow that uh, well, that make it really uh, unique? The, the biggest thing, uh, and, and Wendy could tell you this, uh, it, with a shotgun, you normally sit by a big tree, for example. But you can't do that with a bow. You either have to get in a blind, and I don't hunt with the blind, blind. I just hunt in the in the open woods. But I always get behind stuff. I get behind big trees, behind big bushes, and I get stuff in front of me, and uh, and I, I free draw. You know, the the problem is drawing the bow. I down-tune my bow to, to a lower poundage so I can hold it back, and as it, as he's slowly going through the brush, I'll finally find an open shot. But it, it requires a, 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 a real slow pull, because they're really, really conscious of movement, and it requires uh, hold the bow a long time. So you know, you, it, it, it's a little tricky. So <clears throat> since you're using a bow and you have to use both hands, are you using a mouth call then, or are you having somebody else call? Oh no, I do all my calling. Yeah, I, in fact, I make calls. Yeah, I, 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 Wendy, I'll oh, really? get you one of my calls. I, 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 I have them, uh, or rather. Uh, uh, sculpture them after the old uh, Neil Cost uh, big boat paddles. I've, I've been making them for years. Just kind of a fun deal. Now, when you're, oh, yeah. When you're turkey hunting like that, Roland, is it also a matter of having to get a lot closer to uh, your particular prey? And this is a prey that's very, very cognizant of its surroundings. Well, as far as you know, deer, deer are really tricky. Deer are, are tricky animals. But in in the in the scope in the scheme of things, I think turkey is more aware of movement uh, than a deer, and and so you have to be more stealthy and and more concealed and just slower in your movements and just and just really it's really tough to draw a bow on on a turkey in the open woods. I mean, you just really have to know you know watch it. It's just tough. <clears throat> well, yeah, those turkey. They can really see very well, and they their hearing is amazing. 
I mean, yeah. just any little any little thing that they'll About look ninety percent of the bow hunters uh, shoot out of a blind. I don't I don't shoot them out of a blind. I'll, I'll kill like uh, twenty turkeys out just in open woods. Uh, so. Now, what is what is unique about this uh, uh, this turkey that you're going after in Mexico, uh, Roland? Well, it's there's four turkeys in in the eastern United States, or, or uh, the eastern turkey, and then there's the uh, Osceola, uh, the Florida Osceola turkey, which is here in Florida, and then the Rio Grande turkey, and then the Merriam turkey, the mountain turkey, and then California, you have I think three of those, yeah, and then. Uh, in Mexico, you have two other spe- subspecies, and they're the Gould and the Oscillated. It's a jungle bird, and I haven't shot that one either, so that's way down in the <clears throat> Central America kind of deal. Well, and we want to invite our listening audience, and we want to welcome you to Let's Talk Turkey with Roland Martin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, Roland, you know, uh, I... I've been looking over some things to talk to you about since we talked uh-huh. to you last time because, uh, I mean, there's so many different things that you're involved with. One of the things uh-huh. that I saw, though, is that you are reintroducing a spinnerbait that you were really pretty right. proud of. you want to tell us about that? Well, well years ago, uh, like 30 years ago, I came up with that big willow leaf spinnerbait that I was kind of introduced that to the market uh, years and years ago back in the early 70s and uh it had the big number five willow blade and i was the first kind of person to have a big willow leaf spinnerbait but anyway it was called the roland martin big bass spinnerbait it was a blue fox lure that i had uh years ago and then it it was off the market for about the last 15 years it hadn't been around so uh, i got with uh with the Mega Strike people, Bobby Urick and those guys, yes. and we, we reintroduced it, and we call it the Roland Martin Big Bass Spinnerbait. And the only difference is, it uh, it has a swivel head, which is really nice, but it has a bigger, stronger hook than than probably any other spinnerbait. It has a heavier wire. It's a fifty point zero five old wire. It's a really heavy wire, and then it has a really heavy swivel. It has a a much much heavy musky size swivel, real, real heavy saltwater kind of swivel, and it's just, it's indestructible. It's really a, the perfect thing for like in those Mexican lakes where you have, you're throwing 65 or 80 pound braid in the big bushes and trees and you're getting big 10 pound bass and it's, it's that kind of a spinnerbait, you know, it's just a big heavy duty spinnerbait. Man, Rudy, you notice the excitement in his voice when he talks about catching a 10 pound bass, big old 10 pound bass. You know, we have those uh, spinnerbaits here at Angler's Arsenal, thanks to uh, Megastrike and Bobby. And we use them not necessarily in our lakes here, because right now with the water level that we have on our lakes in Southern California, it isn't like we're fishing a lot of brush, but the fishermen will take them out and fish them in our saltwater bays and off the, the hard bottom, like Captain James was talking about in the last segment, or in the eel grass, because... Boy, that's a deadly bait to use offshore and in the ocean here, Roland. Wow. Well, we, you know, I've I kind of cut my teeth on bass fishing here on Lake Okeechobee, and I and it's 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 a pretty good lake right now. It kind of comes and goes. It's had had its ups and downs, but these last few years have been pretty good. It's a good spinnerbait bite right now, and uh, so that big half ounce with the big number five blade, you know, for those big. Eight and ten pound fish that that you do catch here on Okeechobee, you know, you, you know that's that's the right kind of deal. 
It's, it's, and we have pepper grass, and we have reeds, and this, this cane, and this real thick stuff that you have to throw into, and you have to rip it around with, I, I throw 65-pound braid, you know, and really heavy tackle and right. get well, the big fish. Yeah. Hey, hey, going on to some other things. First of all, congratulations are in order for you because you are the father of the bride. Tell us a little oh, bit yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, my daughter, Laura, and... She got married here this last month. But it was an interesting thing. She got married on my birthday. Oh, and wow. I, and I don't want to tell you how old I am, but I, 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 I was just a few weeks ago 75 years old. Oh, my gosh. And she got married on that birthday. A special? And, uh, it was a special day. Now, wow, does, congratulations. Does, yeah. does her husband enjoy the outdoors like her yeah. dad does? In fact, that morning before the... Ceremonies. We went turkey hunting. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. <laughs> you know, it's like we have to congratulate John Blake at Elko and Ford because this last Saturday there was an Elko and Ford tournament. John was getting married, and he was really running the numbers. Going, can I go to the tournament and spend three or four hours of the tournament, and then get away, get dressed, and get married that day? <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> It's great to see they can you can put your priorities together. Now, Roland, you know, you've been working with the, the, the uh, that Ford. Uh, what what is it now? They, they let me a car. Yeah, yeah, Alcone Ford. They uh, rented oh, your yeah, car well, when you were out here. You've been working with them for ages. How long? Twenty, thirty years. Well, you know, Paul Leader has had the uh, the dealership uh, for a long time, and he's been very good to bass fishermen here and. In San Diego, and even better to the kids that are fishing in different events here in San Diego, and they're they're great people over there, and and they've supported us. And uh, boy, we've we've got tournaments that we're running uh, uh, that they sponsor, and uh, even though we're running out of water, there's still fish to be caught here, Roland. I remember the last time out there, they lent me a truck, and I took uh, Wendy's uh, boat up to the lake yeah. with the, with their truck. <laughs> pretty cool. You know, Roland, you, you happened uh, to let it slip that uh, of your age, yet at the same time, you're looking forward to fishing in a big-time tournament here real oh, soon. Oh, yeah, right. Well, you know, I've kind of retired a little bit, uh, John, and, you know, I, I don't I don't fish the top elite circuit like I did, and, I, and I, I was fishing some of the FLW tournaments, and I was doing fair with my son, Scott, you know, the last couple of years, but... But again, <clears throat> I kind of slipped back, and I'm just I'm more retired, and, and so I'm just fishing a few of the Southern Open bass. I'm fishing like three of those, and maybe a couple more tournaments. Uh, I'm fishing a little, little. Oh, I, oh, hey, <laughs> the Roland Martin Marina, which is a, a, a tournament circuit that we just came up with, and there's like 80 boats this last week no or two weeks ago, and I, yeah. I came in second that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it was 80 boats, you know, that's, that's kind of cool, you know, on just a local level. You know, that's like Paul Leader with his own tournaments. One of the questions he, he gets asked that, Paul, if you if you win the tournament, are you going to keep the money? And he looks at the guy that's yeah. asked the question, and he goes, yeah. you bet I am. <laughs> well, 
I'm not around much, and so you know, uh, people at the Rolling Marine, they, they don't know I'm around, and they don't know that I'm even alive, for that matter. And I, I just happened to mention when I fished the tournament, I said, Roland Martin is alive. I'm well, and I'm fishing the tournament. You know, I'm back. I don't think there's anyone out there, Roland, that thinks you've crawled underneath a rock and started to, to hang it up. Now, I know, you know, bass fishing, you know, is your love, but also you love red fishing a lot, too. Have you been able to do some of that lately? I'm sorry, for, for what? For, what for, red, for red fish. Oh, you know, I didn't know. John, you know what's happened? And I know the red fishing has been good and the snook fishing has been good, but I really have been really, really working hard. I'm doing a little guide work here on, on Lake Okeechobee, and, uh, and I'm, I'm fishing a lot more tournaments here. I'm really concentrating on the salt, on the freshwater end of it, and the salt water is kind of taking a, a backseat. I'm still doing a little bit of the big goliath groupers, and, and I'm still doing a little small amount of red fishing, but what I'm doing so I much more I got a question for you, Roland. I'm, I'm fishing in. A, I have a question for you. I'm fishing uh-huh. in the Babes on the Bay tournament in Texas, and it's a redfish speckled trout tournament. Any tips for me? It's an all women, all female tournament. There's 1,500 women that fish in this tournament. When, where is it? It's in uh, out of Corpus Christi, um, um, okay. Port Aransas. Cor- Corpus Christi. You know, probably the best way to catch trout and redfish, for that matter, is the pop and cork system. And okay. they make a whole bunch of, of popping corks that have the click and clack. You know, as you pull them, there's little brass beads in the in the popping cork, and they make noises. And, uh-huh. you, and you hang a jig, or if you can use shrimp, I don't know if you can, but I know for trout, yeah, you know, they, they they use a lot of shrimp and and do that too with the popping cork and shrimp. But but if you can't use live bait, if it's just strictly jigs, you know, small jigs. On that mm-hmm. popping cork, I, I use a popping cork a lot for redfish and trout. That's kind of my number one bait. Okay. I use a lot of gulp uh, gulp products on on the on the jigs. Oh, as so well. like the gulp grubs or the gulp yeah, yeah. shrimp? Yeah, you know, in the redfish ter- circuit that I fished so long, about half the tournaments were won on that gulp shrimp. Any uh, particular it color? Was, it was amazing that that they caught so many fish on that gulp shrimp. Okay, and I, was there a color that you recall they were using, Roland? I'm sorry, a color? color? Well, the natural shrimp was good, Then they had a one called New Penny. Yeah. New Penny, okay. And, and then uh, that was a good color. Uh, they have a three-inch shrimp and a four-inch shrimp. I used a lot of the four-inch, but the three-inch is also very effective. Oh, great. Uh, Thank so you, it's, Roland. It's the, it's the hey, Roland, we got to take a break right now, but can uh-huh. we impose on you to stay with us for a little bit longer? Hey, okay. We've Let's just scratched the surface on the questions I have for you and trying to okay. catch up with some of the things. So I appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, hey we got Wendy Toshahari tonight. I'm your host, Hop Along John Castan, And with us is Roland Martin. we got to take a break right now. You're listening to us on AM540 or live at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. More to come with our special guest, Roland Martin. We'll be right back.
Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gabakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gabakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length we're also available for private group charters the chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25 twin flat screen tvs with hundreds of movies two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers stateroom and open berthing areas an impressively large deck area 200 scoop bait capacity we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh and our fresh Curtis crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Wendy Toshihara and I, we want to welcome you all back to Rod and Real Radio. And we've got a special guest tonight, Roland Martin. And and Roland, I, I want to ask you a question. You know, we had Ray Scott on a few weeks ago and he was telling us stories of the first Bassmaster Classics, and obviously you were a part of that. But yeah. fast, fast forward now to 2015, and, and do you see a difference in today's angler as opposed to the, the angler of, uh, of the early 1970s? Uh, is, there, is, is there a difference in them that you see in, in their fire or their ability to catch fish or, or common sense to... You know, to 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 do it. 
Well, you know, Ray had a dream, and and no one at that point was really believing all of, all what Ray said it would happen. Of course, his dreams come true, and but he was saying there'd be million dollar payoffs, and he'd say all these things. But you know, back in the nineteen seventy first classic, uh, I think the prize was five thousand dollars. I'm not yeah. sure. It was a secret lake. We flew out to Lake Mead, and you know that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and there was only a handful of people there. There was only probably in the whole audience, there were probably only uh, 200 people at that. You know, it was just a real small thing. And it's grown. And, and Ray, I, I, he's such an envisionary guy that I, I, I hitched my wagon to, to Ray's, you know, movement because I thought it was going to go somewhere. I really, I really believed in Ray's uh, uh, foresight. And so uh, it sure did grow. And, uh, you know, we had very few patterns then. I... I I was into pattern fishing, you know, as you know, and and there was the, the we only did ten or fifteen different things. We'd have a spinner bait, no plastic worm. We went five or six rods. You know, the, today's angler, 2015 angler, has like fifteen or twenty rods, and he's a drop shot expert. He's a swim bait expert. You know, he's he's all these kind of lures that we didn't even know about in 1970. You know, it was like two thirds of the guys are fishing techniques that are brand new to the sport. You know, it's it's just, it's just a brand new thing. Dean Rojas with his frog concepts and and all the swim bait things. I mean, it's just it's just amazing how far it's gone. But the electronics, you know, sir, you know, rival everything. Look at look at the electronics now with the, with the maps we have. My heavens, you know, it just about shows you where to where to throw. And how about how about the equipment? Because uh, look at some of the sophisticated rods and reels you're fishing now as compared to. What you were well, fishing back well, in the We had big, heavy tackle. If you if you know that monofilament was monofilament, so it hasn't changed that much. Like you take a twenty pound monofilament back in nineteen seventy, put it on a, a Master five thousand, a six and a half foot heavy rod, and a worm, and you could have as much torque on a big five pound bass as you do now, pretty much. You know, with the rods you have now. Uh, so the, the rods have, and the reels have gotten lighter, and they cast farther. And of course, the lures are, 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 are more diverse, but but there was there was good heavy duty equipment back then. You know, we we fished for a lot of big fish, and we caught, you know, back in the seventies, there weren't we caught a bigger percentage of big fish. You know, we I I really looked for fish over five pounds more then than I do now. You know, so you know, I was I was a big bass fisherman. Mm, back man. Then. Well, you know, you love fishing Lake Okeechobee, and I know one of the things that's on my bucket list is to have the opportunity to go out and fish Lake Okeechobee with you. But I remember when we were at ICAST, we were talking to uh, Bill Sebatel, and we were talking about this brand-new Spro product that they had coming out at just oh, one yeah. Vesta show, the BBZ Rat. You came along and photobombed <laughs> the interview. We had a great time with it. But then, since then, I understand you... And Bill have had a chance to take the rat out of the Lake Okeechobee. That's right. And well, really put it through the and I, we did a we did a film uh, here about uh, two months ago here on the local lakes uh, around Naples, and we caught a whole bunch of bass in the six, seven, eight pound range. We caught well, like a, ten of them. I don't know. We caught a lot, and uh, on the rat, everything on the rat. Now we probably, in retrospect, could have caught more fish on say a cinco, but we wouldn't have caught the size. You know, uh, the, the the whole the whole trick was to show how to catch big trophy bass, and that's a trophy bass lure. You throw that thing from dawn to dark, you're going to catch a trophy bass. <laughs> you're you also going to be tired at the end of the day too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We did. That, that's all we threw. Now, a couple times I did kind of back it up. We'd miss one, and I'd throw the Cinco in behind it, and I'd catch it. <laughs> it kind of made Bill a little upset, but I don't know. We, had a good, we got the job done. <laughs> I don't think uh, Bill uh, seeing you catch fish would upset him one bit. Uh, now, the, the structure, you know, one of the things, you know, people look at that rat and you go, oh, man, I can only fish that thing in, in clear water. Uh, uh, you know, water that doesn't have a lot of brush in it or, or tulies or weeds or anything like that. Did, did you find that uh, that uh, lure was a little more versatile than you thought it was going to be? Well, one of the, you know, the, the biggest problem we had was we, we, we fished a lot of heavy bull rush areas, and you just had to make a good cast. You know, it wasn't that there were open areas, but it took a good caster to cast to them. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, little pockets of the size of your room, and you just had to throw it in there. And a lot of it was like kamikaze fishing. It was really cool. <laughs> We'd see a pocket way back in the in the bulrushes, and would say, "Okay, Bill, launch it over those bulrushes and just back down <laughs> in the middle of that little pocket, you know, and then hang on." It was kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I, I, did did you ever think that were the fish attracted to that lure because of the action of the lure, or the fact that they actually might have thought it was a rat? And I, I, I don't know if how many you know, people have thought about fishing you know, Okeechobee with small mammals. I don't think I don't think big bass are very smart. I think they're kind of <laughs> stupid. I mean, they just they just they just uh, eat anything they can. You know, big stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. they'll eat a muskrat. They'll eat a bird. They'll. I don't. I, I don't know that they know what it is. It's just something like that. That size. They'll, they'll eat it. You know, it's just it's a reaction strike. It's uh, they're a predator, and uh, they'll eat. Now you, were, you know, good sized stuff. Now you were talking about doing some filming, and that brings me on to uh, fishing with Roland Martin. Uh, yeah. How's this season looking, and and where some of the places you're going to be oh, bringing we, we the had, viewers? We had a neat neat trip down to Guatemala. That was oh. neat. You know, like once a year we go off to the far places of the world, and not not often, but like once a year. And we went to Guatemala with the Cummings Diesel people, and they were doing a whole big program retrofitting old boats with these brand new, well, rebuilt engines that are, that are retrofitted to the to the old boats and a lot a lot more efficient engines. Anyway, we we just call these giant sailfish. Well, in fact, when the high point of the film, we hooked five at one time. All five anglers in the boat had a sailfish on, and we we caught all five. Oh my gosh! That was uh, cool. That was uh, cool. And you know, Roland, I know that you were also involved with a lot of fishing in in the Gulf of Mexico, especially after the oil uh, spill. Sure. We st- we still out here. We still getting a lot of this this uh, 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 information. Like, well, there's huge pools of submerged oil over there, and it's killing off the spawn of the fish, and ah, no, it's killing. You know, what what's happening there? Can you give us an update? Complete myth, as far as I know, has uh, heard anything like that. And uh, the Gulf of Mexico is alive and well. You know, it's just not. There's not been any repercussions that I've seen or anybody's seen that that says that it's you know on on the decline in any way. It's just not. Just not on the decline. Fishing's great. Well, I know one of the the places that you like to fish out of was uh, out of Venice, Louisiana. Venice, Louisiana, yeah, that's. And like how the, how's that yeah. doing? Do you make trips back there? 
Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's really, really good. Yeah, and, and there's zero, zero impact now from from any oil spill. There's nothing to that at all. Uh, the uh, yeah, as long as you get the water right. Now, see what what that's controlled by the the Mississippi River. So if the Mississippi River's really high and muddy, it kind of messes it up a little bit down there. You know, so if you have kind of lower water levels and fairly clear river, then the fishing's even better. You know, for the redfish and the trout and the offshore stuff for cobia, and then the red snapper on the rigs, and there's there's every kind of fish. There's tuna fish. There's everything down there. That's really something. Well, it's good to hear that the Gulf has uh, come on back. Now, another yeah. thing I want to talk to you about is that your good friend Johnny Morris has a, a plan coming up that he wants you to get involved with, along with a, a bunch of other fishermen. Tell us about what's happening there. Well, uh, Johnny has built a really neat golf course, uh, Top of the Rock Golf Course, and he's hosting the second uh, Legends of Golf Tournament. And it's Jack Nicklaus and Tom Watson and Bob Murphy, all the really top guys of, of the senior tour. And, uh, and they're going to fish the second one this, 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 uh, in about two weeks. And I'll be there. And Kevin Van Dam and myself and Ed, even Edwards and, and a whole bunch of guys uh, like that are uh, uh, Edwin Ebers, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're all going to be kind of hosting some of the, 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 the people from the industry himself and some of the golfers as well before the tournament starts. And we'll be out on Table Rock Lake, uh, guiding them and fishing a little tournament and stuff uh, with with the golfers. So, so that's going to that's going to be a lot of fun. Now and at the same time, it's turkey season up there, so it'll be a, a second deal. <laughs> now, uh, is this uh, some association with the uh, Big Cedar Lodge that uh, Big Cedar uh, Lodge is part of it? Yes, it's it's, it's a sister uh, development with Big Cedar Lodge. Wow. Yeah. Man, that sounds like it, it'd be fun. Uh, now, do you play, are you going to be playing golf at all? Or are they going to no, take you I'm out? Not, I'm not much of a golfer. I, I've played a little bit. I'm not good enough to play golf. But, you know, I've, I've golfed and fished with a whole lot of those golfers. I mean, a lot of them, like 10 or 15 of the top golfers, guys like Watson and, and you know, Murphy and all these really top-notch uh, golfers. I've, I've, I've uh, fished with them, a lot of them. You know, you know. Obviously, they're very competitive there on the tour. When you get them on the water, do they, do, are they? You find that they're just as competitive, or do you see a different side of them? Well, with Tom, he he really likes to to relax. But you know, it's funny with all the, the pro golfers that I've ever fished with. Uh, they all say at the end of the day, "Is there a place we can drive a few balls?" They want to they want to put in a half an hour of driving. And hitting and putting and things like that, just every day. It just I don't care what day it is. They just they just almost have to hit a golf ball every day. <laughs> wow, they want to keep uh, it, yeah. uh, obviously keep on top of the skills. Yeah, sure. Hey, t- you know, I, I know that for the past three years you've also had an association with Jimmy Houston and Bill Dance and right. and the legends. Uh, uh, three legends, yeah. Yeah, three how's legends. that? How's that doing? Because I know well, you're it, making it, a lot it, of appearances. It's along and uh, Walmart's been a been a, a big buyer now for some of our products, and as well as Bass Pro Shop, as well as a whole bunch of different uh, companies, Academy, and everybody else. But uh, we're uh, it, it's not big. It's not big million dollar stuff right now. It's kind of small potatoes, but it has a big potential. And then we were really thinking that it's going to be big. In fact, we have some advertisers that have bought into this thing, Doc McGee and some of the guys that, that run KISS, you know, the, the KISS uh, uh, group. 
Yeah. You know, you know he, he manages that, McGee does, and he's part of our group now. So we're, we're planning, like, one of the big things we want to plan, uh, uh, it's really going to be cool, John, if we could do it, like buy a million-dollar fish on, on, on the insurance programs, you know, like yeah. the Lords of London, and then, then have a big deal showing it being released in the lake, and everybody come down and spend ten, fifteen, twenty dollars for a, a chance to try to catch it, you know, kind of a deal, and, and all those kind of things, and uh, you know, have tagged fish and you know, big big tournaments like that. So we're we're thinking about some big stuff. Oh, I'd be uh, I Roland. I think it'd be great for. Uh, you, Jimmy, and uh, Bill to come out on stage with your face all painted like uh, Kiss. I that know, would be, <laughs> be good. Of course, uh, for Bill, I think you need a putty knife for the uh, makeup, but what, <laughs> what yeah. the heck? That'd be great. You know, a lot of things happening, uh, uh, you know, but God, you've had such a long career, Roland. Are, are, do you still have a bucket list of some of the things that, that you'd like to do or places you like to go fish or fish you'd like well, to catch? One of the reasons why I'm fishing the Southern Opens right now, for example, is that if you win a BASS tournament, a major uh, invitational, yes, then you have a, a, a trip to the Classic. You know wow. that's that's part of the deal. And I I still want to go and win the Classic. You know that's 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 my motivation at this point. Even though I'm 75 years old, I, I still have uh, quite a few. That's just one, but I have quite a few goals that, that I want to I want to work with. Yeah. Quite a few. Wow! And tell us about uh, some of the sponsors, though, that keep you going and and keep you on the water, uh, Roland. Well, you know, Bass Pro is, and Tracker Marine, my, of course, my biggest. And uh, uh, then we have, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Yamamoto Beach. You know how Gary is. Gosh, uh, I can't go anywhere without the Cinco. <laughs> no, no. We do the Mercury. We do. Uh, uh, we just do. A, we have a lot of. I wish I had a list of sponsors. I just don't have them all. I'm going to list. I'm going to list well, them out. Well, listen. Better. We've got to. We've got to take a break right now. If we can ask you to hold on for a little bit, can we invite you out for a few more minutes in the next segment? Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, Wendy Toshar and I. We are speaking with Roland Martin. Still more Rod Real Radio to come. You're listening to us on AM 540 or at com live. We'll be right back after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. 
Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Welcome back to Rod Reel Radio. My co-host, Wendy Toshihara, is with me tonight. Stan is on leave uh, celebrating the holiday with his uh, family and his new grandson. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and we have our special guest with us, Roland Martin. And, Roland, thank you so much for giving up some of the Easter holiday to be with us. Oh, yes. Thank you, John. Hey, you know, we were talking a little bit about some of the filming uh, of uh, Fishing with Roland Martin can you tell us, do you, do you have a home right now for Fishing with Roland Martin and, and when we can expect to be seeing uh, episodes? Well, yeah, yeah, with the, uh, you know, fishingwithrolandmartin.com. Uh, yeah, we, I don't have the schedule for, for, for all the shows right now, but uh, it, it, it's on the web. You know, it's, it, it's available. Uh, all right, but, so uh, uh, that where we want to go to find out more about that, get updated, is uh, fishingwithrolandmartin.com. That's right. Yeah. All right. And, yeah. uh, you know, Roland, we had talked about some of the things that, you know, you want to do. Is there still a bucket list? Is there still some fish? Are there locations out there that you still have to get to that you just haven't made it to yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know as a fisherman, uh, <laughs> there's all these really pristine lakes down in Mexico I haven't been to, and I don't know what all. Uh, gosh, there's just lakes all over the world. Uh, I have fished hundreds of lakes, of course. And uh, there's not many places I haven't been, but, you know, there, there's a lot that I want to go to. Yeah, absolutely, sure. How yeah. about a spos- uh, especially with uh, Cuba opening up? Is, is that well, a I've destination? I've been to Cuba five times. I was there back in the 70s on Carter's oh. administration. I fished uh, Hannibania. Yes. Caught some 12-pound bass there. Uh, saw Jimmy with his 13-pound bass when he caught his 13 out of Hannibania. I fished Zasa. Caught several 10s out of Zasa. I fished a Treasure Lake. I fished uh, uh, Redondo, and then I fished the uh, the Bonefish uh, Islands and all those uh, uh, islands to the south of Cuba on saltwater as well. So immediately, even after all the times that you you fished it, starting back in 1971, and for as many years as you've been angler of the year, well, you know. Even at the age that you're at, you still want to fish and win another Bassmaster Classic. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's just just a goal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just one of the many goals. Yeah, just like I want to kill all the turkeys that there are. You know, that's just another <laughs> goal. <laughs> but uh, Cuba. Let me tell you something about Cuba, John. Yeah. Look, I know some guys like Bob Azumi from Canada, and uh, Angelo Viola with fishing in Canada. The, the show. See, the Canadians have been able to go down there through all this last 25, 30 years. So we yes. haven't been able to go. And so the reports come back from those guys that I, that I know that have been down there. 
that it's not as good as it was 30 years ago. You know, we 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 went down. We were on the the first wave of of American fishermen to to fish it, and I was down there on all that, and I saw all those monster bass, or some of them. But what's happened is the economy is so depressed that they've opened it up to to, to netting, they've opened it up to handlining, opened it up to all sorts of con- commercial fishing, and they've really kind of wiped the lakes out. Oh man. That's so shame. I don't think Cuba's the place to go right now. Well, you know, uh, uh, Paul Either and I, we had a chance to go down and see Billy Chapman and uh, fish at El Salto, which I know oh, yeah. that you've been. Sure. And yeah. he's just opened up a new lake called Picachos, which is just outside of Mazatlan. Right. Yeah, I've heard and, a lot about that, yeah. And Paul and I, and he's extended an invitation for you to come on down and give it a try. And, and one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to run an Ironman tournament at Lake Picachos when they got uh, when the uh, topwater bite is running at its best because right now the record in a day for catching topwater bass is 325 yeah. and, and he thinks that there's some guys out there and I think your name's at the top of the list there yeah. might be some guys out there that can break that record Oh uh, yeah, I've heard a lot about it. I, I, I've, I've been fishing the last couple of years with Pedro Soares. He has a Mexican television show, and uh, I fish Sugar Lake with him, and I've re- reciprocated and had him up here in Florida. And he's done some film work uh, for his Mexican shows here in Florida as well. And I'm going back down to Mexico on that turkey hunt. That's part of that is is another filming adventure with uh, Pedro, and we'll be down on some of the central uh, Mexican lakes uh, filming with him as well. So uh, that's coming up in, in about another month. Wow, uh, uh, that sounds exciting! And you know, Roland, how do you how do you keep up with all the the changes in technology and the tackle and everything else like that? Uh, uh, do you still try to apply a lot of quote unquote old school methods, or are you constantly keeping uh, abreast of the new things that are happening? I, I'm getting ready for this big tournament on the Alabama River, and I, I've got 20 rods and reels all set up <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I got everything from all the modern swim baits to to the old school uh, uh, jigs to flip. You know, I don't know what to do. I got everything. Well, you know, you can almost have too many things to choose from, but that's why they have the pre-fish so that you can start working down on on a bunch of them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Roland, the uh, uh, were you able to uh, come up with uh, some of the people that keep you fishing? Some of your sponsors? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even think about it. Uh, but we have, you know, Spro Tackle is, is, is a big deal for me right now. And, uh, of course, there's uh, a diamond uh, diamond fishing, you know, diamond uh, uh, line and Mega Strike, of course, Yamamoto, Bass Pro, Bass Tracker, but uh, Marine. But, yeah, we, we have a lot of a lot of good people. Uh, you know, my phone's starting to – is it beeping? Is it? Can you hear me? It's yeah, like, we can – we can hear you okay. You're just starting to die out a little bit. Just, I think my phone's just about gone. Well, one more question before we leave you, and then we're going to let you go, uh, Roland. You know, I talked about it being on my bucket list to come and fish with you, but do you still offer guide offer- opportunities for people oh, yeah. to come down and fish with you? And if so, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, yeah, just to go on my website, uh, you know, Fishing with Roland Martin. But now I've had, I've had eight people this year catch the biggest fish of their life with me. Wow. And it was so cool, but, it, but the neat thing about it, John, was that four of those eight big fish had been caught before. All right. So catch and release is definitely 
the thing right now. You know, some of them were eight pounds or six pounds, whatever the size was of their biggest fish. But the point was, four of the eight were uh, fish that had been caught previously. Now, do you offer uh, the opportunity for individuals to not only go freshwater fishing with you, but also do some saltwater fishing? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, right. we, I have a 28-foot mako, and I do a lot of the, the big Goliath groupers and the tarp. And, and oh, I got the mountain man coming down down for some more tarpon fishing. Where I, I filmed with him. I got a 10-pounder with um, a mountain man this year on Okeechobee. That was kind of cool. When you say uh, the mountain men, are these the uh, 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 the celebrities from uh, Duck Dynasty? Yeah, Duck Dynasty guy. Yeah, yeah, he's oh. a lot of fun. Man, <laughs> and and so uh, and uh, do they reciprocate and invite you to come on up and maybe do a little duck hunting? I'd, I'd like to. I, I'm a duck hunter, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Roland. Again, if we want to find out the activities. Uh, what you're doing, how we can get a hold of you, maybe even book a guide trip to, to go with you, uh, opportunities. How's the best way to find out what's happening with Roland Martin? Well, of course, you know, my wife, Judy, she takes care of that, and she she monitors all the emails and the, and the computers and, and all the requests and, 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 you know, fishing with Roland Martin, all all that uh, is, is coming through her. So she can get it done. All right. Well, we also want to thank Judy for setting up this interview with us, and and she's probably uh, been sitting there with cups of coffee, uh, keeping you awake, because I know you're uh, three hours ahead of us, and it's been a long day for you. Yes, sir. You know? I think my phone uh, is beeping real bad. All right. Well, then let's uh, let you go rolling. Thank you for taking some of your Sunday, especially Easter Sunday, <laughs> to be with you. And give Bill and Jimmy our best, and we look forward to speaking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Thank you, sir. All right. And make sure you tell Judy we said hello and happy Easter. Oh, thank you, Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's great. Roland Martin from Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Wendy, you know, it always ceases to amaze me, especially when you look at some of the fellows like Roland and Jimmy and Bill and, and Ray Scott, the passion that they still have for this sport, even after all this time. Look, Look at Roland. He happened to let it slip that he was just 75 here a month ago, and he's still looking to fish the Southern Open because he wants to fish the Bassmaster Classic and win it. <laughs> well, you know, more power to him, you know, him being so active and it's keeping him young, and and I hope that when I'm his age that I'm going to be the exact same way, excited about going turkey hunting, excited about going bass fishing. You know, I, I, I hope I'm in his shoes when I'm his age. You know, in talking with Bill Semitel about the trip that he made with Roland Martin, he says, you know, we'd 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 stay up late and we'd go out to eat and uh, maybe we'd vibe in a little liquid refreshment and there's always the stories and everything like that. And we knew we had to get up at, at 4.30 in the morning and everything. And, uh, you know, we'd finally get to sleep. And the next thing you know, there'd be Roland with a cup of coffee and he'd be putting <laughs> it under his nose and he says, boys... The sun's rising. Time to go fishing, and they <laughs> they could not get over the vitality that this man had, and the honest to goodness thrill that he had, and still wanting to chase fish and and go after uh, turkeys and all this stuff. Just a true, true outdoorsman, and we're really uh, 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 blessed to have him on. Hey, Wendy, I just want to leave a minute or two because. We have a special show coming up on Ron Real Radio next Sunday night. We will have a live broadcast. 
and we're going to have two very unique individuals with us, and they will be with us here live at Angler's Arsenal. We're going to have Paul Leibowitz, and we're going to have George Martinez with us. And oh, great. The, significant, the significance of these individuals, if you have not been following some of the local news or Facebook, is that unfortunately Paul Leibowitz lost his son a few months ago to a brain aneurysm. He was uh, 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 a student at one of the Cal Poly schools. He was uh, excelling in computer sciences. He had been a special individual that needed a lot of attention, and his mom and dad kept with him and worked with him to the point where he became an honor student. He was at college, unfortunately, suffered a brain aneurysm that... uh, uh, took his life and with all this tragedy that his mom and dad had what they decided to do is uh, let Paul's son James become an organ donor and in his death it brought new life, new beginnings onto at least four other human beings and one of our good friends Tommy Gomes was an intermediary with uh, another one of our friends George Martinez who through all the time that I've known him had been going through dialysis and suffering from uh, kidney failure. And George did not have too much time left. And our good friend Tommy Gomes got a hold of Paul, put him in touch with uh, George. They um, uh, did all the tests to see if he was a match, and he turned out to be a match. So next weekend we are going to have that story about Paul Leibowitz and James Leibowitz and his family and the angel that Jane became to George on how he became an organ donor. And we're going to talk all about that next week with Paul Leibowitz and George Martinez. So make sure to look forward to it. It's going to be a very special show. Hey, sorry, uh, we had talked uh, about uh, Pete Graves being on with us uh, tonight, and unfortunately we were unable to make... Pete, uh, uh, get Pete, but Pete is running the 24th annual Brian Graves Memorial Tournament. Uh, That is uh, coming up on Lake Hodges, April the 26th. So if we can reschedule Pete for next week, we're going to do it. Well, Wendy, I think that's it for tonight. Good show, and thank you for your contributions. And thank you, and you have a nice rest of the night. Happy Easter to you, John and And Vicki. And a good Easter to you and Merritt and uh, the, the puppy. I hope the puppy's feeling uh, well. It was great seeing him strolling around at the Fred Hall shows. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this Sunday night. On behalf of JR, our producer uh, at the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey that puts together all of our, uh, our commercials and a lot of the recorded material, as we said, we are planning a recorded show for April the 19th when we're all going to be at Day at the Docks down here in San Diego. But you're going to want to listen to it because scheduled is Frank Lopresti, Andy Cates, uh, Ralph uh, uh, Miller, Frank Aristi is going to be with us along with some of the interviews that we have left for the Fred Hall Show. It's going to be a great show. We'll put it together for you and air it on April the 19th. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, I'm Hopalong John Cassidy. 
You stay safe on the water. We look forward to seeing you out there. We're out for now. Good night, everybody. <laughs>